Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in the series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through health. In each broadcast in the series, I'll interview a new health and fitness expert. I also want to welcome the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make health, nutrition, and fitness a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. Welcome to this episode of 15 Minutes to Wellness. Today, I have a very special guest for you. We are changing the roles today, and I, Ted Vicky, the Senior Consultant on Innovation and Emerging Technologies for the American Council on Exercising, will be interviewing Dr. Michael Mantell, our host for these 15 Minutes to Wellness. Dr. Michael Mantell earned his PhD degree at the University of Pennsylvania after completing his master's at the Hahnemann Medical College where he wrote his thesis on the psychology of obesity. He provides coaching and breakthrough strategies to help business leaders, elite and amateur athletes, individuals and families reach new trajectories in their lives. He is a senior fitness consultant for behavioral sciences for the American Council on Exercise, and most recently was listed as one of the most influential people in health and fitness on greatest.com. He has served as the chief psychologist of the Children's Hospital and Health Center of San Diego and created and led the nationally recognized psychological services and employee assistance wellness program for the San Diego Police Department. You probably know that he's been interviewed frequently for fitness and health magazines that include details magazines, men's health, weight watchers, shape, natural health, and real simple. What you may not know is Dr. Michael Mantel, in 1988, first wrote a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, P.S. It's All Small Stuff. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Delightful for me to be here on this side of the table, Ted, and I can't think of a better person to be interviewing me. I'm in trouble now. You are. Now, Michael, a couple of weeks ago, you were honored by Greatest.com, and they said that you are the doctor of behavioral change. But because I know you, you I also know that you believe that it all starts in the mind. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, that's true. I believe that the link is what you think. Repeat that back, Ted. The link is what you think. Once you understand that, you understand almost everything that you need to to uh, be able to manage your life. Let me explain what I mean. I want you to take the piece of paper that you have in front of you and everyone else, and in the upper uh, left-hand corner, put the number one. One. Number one, yeah. In the upper right-hand corner, put number two. Two. In the lower left-hand, in the lower right-hand corner, put number three. And then, of course, put number four. So you have one and two, and then under the two, you have the three, and under the one, you have the four, right? That's the mind. In the one spot, you have all of the events that happen in our lives. Whether it's, uh, let's suppose that you're playing with a uh, big uh, medicine ball, and you think, oh, I'm just going to smash on the floor. 
Oh, you don't count it bumping up and breaking your jaw, I think is what just happened to me in the break here. In number three, you have your emotions. And there are only three emotions that human beings have. What we, are they? we have anger. On the one side, you have, let's say, homicidal rage. And on the other, you have love, affection, warmth, admiration. So you say that there's three emotions, but there's a scale of those emotions. Uh, right. The second emotion is depression. On the one side, you have suicide. And on the other side, you have happiness and joy and ecstasy and, you know, party. And then the third is anxiety, frozen panic. You mentioned I was a chief psychologist for the San Diego Police Department many, many years ago. And I was called to the site of a massive shooting in a McDonald's restaurant here in San Diego. Uh, 27 people were killed. And I was called within 30 minutes to come down and start to harness a response to this. And I saw 27 dead people with frozen panic on their faces. They knew they were going to be killed by this lone gunman. So you have that frozen panic on the one side, all the way to like tranquility and serenity and calm and peace. So you have anxiety, anger, and depression. That's Mm -hmm. in the number three spot. Number four, that's how we react to it. That's what we do. Wait a minute. I think I left off number two. And it's not because I have a concussion that I just gave myself without ball. <laughs> What's number was, two, Michael? Number two are the thoughts that you have about events in your life. Most people, Ted, make the mistake, that just scared me. That made me unhappy. That made me angry. Uh-uh. When you think like that, you've decapitated yourself. Mm. You've cut your head off. And the problem is, that's not reality. The reality is that we do think. So that's why I say the link between an event and what you feel is the way you think about the event. So let's talk about that event. You bounced a ball. That was the event. It came up and it hit you in the face. You had certain thoughts to that event. Right. I immediately thought, oh my God, this is the worst thing in the world. I'm going to die. Then you had the emotion of terror and fear. So the anxiety and, sh- and shame and didn't help that I laughed. But that's okay. Yeah, you and you and Mike Burns here laughed, and, <laughs> and then I felt um, angry with myself. So that was the reaction. That, and then I immediately, you know, uh, went out and made sure I was okay and all that. But what if I told myself immediately? No big deal. I'm fine. Oh, this is this is this is what a silly thing to have done. I wouldn't have run out to the bathroom and see if my jaw is misaligned and all that other business. Everything, even getting punched in the jaw, depends on the way you think about it. So, during the normal course of a day, how many times does a person think like this, or how many times does it happen to them? Well, depending on the research, we believe that the average person, the three of us here, Mike, you, and I have about fifty to 70,000 beliefs a day. That, that was 50 mi- to 70,000? Right, that flash through our mind. Our goal is to be able to look at events, to catch our thought, to challenge our thought, and then to change our thought. Let me explain. Immediately, I tell myself, oh my God, I think I broke my jaw. I'm, I'm going to die. This is the worst thing in the world. That's what I thought. I caught myself thinking that. Mm -hmm. 
The next step is to challenge that thought. Is this really true? Is this a helpful thought? Is this inspiring me? Is it necessary to think this way? Am I being kind to myself? By the way, T-H-I-N-K. True, helpful, inspiring, necessary, kind. I said, no, none of, the, none of those thoughts are true. I didn't break my jaw. I'm fine. I may have bumped myself a little too hard here. I'm going to be sore, but I'm okay. So I changed my thought, and then my feeling changed, and then my behavior changed. If you don't like the way you feel, what most people do is they'll try to change the other person. You made me angry. It's your fault. Mm. This And it's not true. I have to change the way I think if I want to change the way I feel. Where does this show up most? It shows up mostly in the way we take care of ourselves, our health, our fitness, well, the way we eat. So that you, you went into an area I want to talk to you about, Michael, and that is we have people that are listening today that probably stepped on a scale this morning and said, oh my gosh, I gained 10 pounds since the holidays. So walk me through this step then of, of what they can do to change the way they think. Well, the first thing they can do is, w- tell me what they say. They, I've gained 10 pounds. Holy cow, I just stepped on a scale and I gained 10 pounds. My true? life is over. Oh, 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 oh. I gained 10 pounds. That's true. What's the next? What is that holy cow? Are you saying to yourself, I'm surprised? Okay, that's a neutral statement. My life is over? That's the, that's the challenging question. Mm. So you say to yourself, Wait a minute. Just This is called all or nothing thinking. We've identified over the years 10 cognitive distortions. This is like imagine your lens on, on your glasses is the wrong prescription and everything you see is a notch off. Mm-hmm. Well, the mind does that. So one of the ways we do that, oh my God, my life is over. Here's a common one that I'll hear. Uh, nine o'clock in the morning, I had the cupcake. Forget it. My diet is blown. Mm-hmm. Today is January the 13th. We're taping. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my diet again. Tomorrow. February. Mm. Right? That's even worse. All or nothing. Another is magnifying and minimizing. The trouble is people magnify the bad and minimize the good. Or they label themselves. I'm such an idiot. I'm such a loser. I'm so stupid. Or they should. S-H-O-U-L-D. They should on themselves. I shouldn't have eaten on this weekend. This is terrible. What we try to do is teach people, when you're on that scale and you say, forget it, I'm a loser, I'm stu- I shouldn't have eaten, it's over, that all or nothing thinking, um, or they mind read, other people are going to think this about me. I look a certain way, I lo- they're, they're going to know thi- that I gained the weight. Yeah, I go to the gym and everyone's going to laugh at me. Uh-huh. Okay, what we have to do is change our thoughts. First of all, it's not all or nothing. Um, it's not, there are some good things I did over the weekend, I didn't eat that other piece of cake, I only gained 10 pounds. Mm. Uh, you know what? I'm a normal human being. I would have preferred, fully preferred not to have gained this weight. Oh, well, let me start right now again. That's different than if I demand, insist, or expect. What do those letters start with, Ted? Demand? D. Expect, uh, excuse me, insist? I. Expect? E. D-I-E. When you demand and insist and expect things, that leads to your health and your wellness, your fitness dying with you. 
So we want to change the way we think and look at things, not what went wrong today, but what can go right from this. Well, maybe I can be motivated and I'm not going to lose 10 pounds overnight. Just because I'm hungry doesn't mean I have to eat this. Um, I, it's not fair. I deserve to eat. What do you mean? It's not fair. I can either eat or I can become healthier, but I can't do both. So this is the way we try and teach people how to think differently and lead them to feel better and then behave better. So do we as as the public make it too difficult? I mean, what you just said to me after all the years of training I've had resonates. It makes sense. So where's the disconnect? Why, Why don't we hear about this more about these simple things that you could do during your day to make these changes? Well, I, 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 it's a great question, and, that, and I think that, you know, there are, many, there are answers on many levels as to why that is. This doesn't make any money. That's this true. doesn't sell. I just no. gave you the answer as easily as possible. Change the way you think. Talk to yourself differently. Challenge, question, dispute these irrational, inaccurate uh, illogical beliefs, catch yourself, change, challenge the belief. So apply the simple mnemonic, T-H-I-N-K, is it true, helpful, ne- inspirational, necessary, kind, and you change the way you feel, and that propels you to different behavior. How much money did we just make with this? Zero. No, we're giving away this, this fit cast for free. We, and we want to keep doing this, and we will. Um, so I don't think it has to be complicated. I think that People read articles and, you know, theories and get stuck on, well, this is the best and that's the best. And it's what's best is when you think in a healthy way, tend toward the positive on this scale, focus on what can go right in life. Uh, That's what will keep people healthy, fit and happy. Michael, we've got a couple more minutes left what would be the one thing that you want to tell your listeners about the psychology of health and fitness? If you had one thing that you could tell them that they could do today to make a difference in their lives, what would it be? Don't believe everything you think. Why? Because much of what you're thinking is erroneous. Much of what you're thinking will lead you to negative feelings And that will lead you to behaviors that you will regret. I'll give you five steps that an old professor from the University of Pennsylvania, Marty Seligman, the pioneer of positive psychology that he's taught in a book that he wrote called Flourish. Um, uh, It's called PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. Do you want to develop positive emotions? And you do that by the way you think. Find something that you're fully engaged with in the flow. You and I are passionate about helping people. When we were in this space right now, as we're talking, we're not thinking about anything else. All right, I'll admit I'm thinking about my broken jaw. But <laughs> no, but we're, we're, in the, we're in the flow of this. We're engaged in this. Find something that you love so much you lose track of time with. Our relationships. Spend time with people that elevate you. Someone once said that you are the average of the five people that you spend most time with, spend time with people who build you up, elevate you, who are going to promote your goals and share your values of well-being. M is meaning. We don't spend enough time looking for meaning in life. Look for the deeper meaning. See connections. A, be proud of your accomplishments. 
Be proud of the things you do. If you're a cab driver, feel great about taking that person to his business appointment. And if you're the senior consultant of emerging technologies and innovation, as you are for the American Council of Exercise, be proud of the fact that you're connecting people to technology that's going to help them live their lives better. When I'm sitting on your side interviewing other people, I keep thinking to myself, who am I helping by bringing this out of somebody? I get lost in the flow. I am very proud of those accomplishments. So that's it. I think it's healthy eating. It's healthy weight and waist size. It's an active lifestyle, including including walking and resistance training and agility and coordination and endurance and balance and strength. It's recuperative sleep and relaxation, Um, making sure our environment is healthy, Uh, maybe putting a sign in that ball that says, this ball will bounce back into your jaw, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, finding a system of healthy support uh, around you. Folks, these last 15 minutes, you now know why I call Michael a trusted advisor, but more importantly, a good friend. And when we go out to dinner, he brings the average up wherever I'm sitting. So I want to thank you, Michael. Thank you for being here and talking about the importance of the link being what you think. Thank you very much, Ted. It's an honor to be interviewed, especially by you. Thank you so much. And uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. As always, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com where you can find everything you need to live your most fit and healthy life. You can explore thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, uh, workout plans, health programs, creative ways you can get your family moving, and really expert insight on a wide range of topics. Join me next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com slash fitcasts. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, thanking you for being with us on 15 Minutes to Wellness.